0: There, is. there we go and boom well all right then ladies and gentlemen uh good morning good morning everyone this is pastor lester Hayes this morning amen coming to you this morning on this monday morning july the 11th 2022 this morning on the creating a proud culture for god wife and I normally hosting here. She's probably on the line because they their drives to the airport. But we just welcome all of you this morning. Amen. What a wonderful day that the Lord has made that we should rejoice and be glad. And it. sad to see Crystal have to go back to work. Thought she would say a little bit longer, but the job calls and we have to obey sometimes. That's our life she'll be back. Amen. And the hope that we can all get together, man, and celebrate together uh, upon her return. But we bid her safe travel this morning. And uh, thank the Lord that she was able to come and hang out with us. And so we're going to get into the uh, lesson this morning. We've been talking about, Amen. Uh, God's love. We've been talking about, uh, you know, transformation. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, um, just how to prove that we are born of God and that we know God. That's that's. That's in essence what we're really uh, tested here to do—to prove that you know we do know God and we're born of God. And how do we approve these things? A lot of it, a lot of it has to do with how we live our lives. Amen. And one of the things we talked about the other day, uh, out of uh, the first book of John, chapter four, verse seven, we were down to the C and the D precept of being born of God and those of us who knoweth God, who prove that we are born of God, and that we know God. And we dealt with a word uh, called regeneration. We said generation, regeneration has to do with called the second birth uh, when Christians believe in Jesus Christ for salvation. Uh, they are being born of God, begotten of God. And a scripture that we use to kind of like highlight that or amplify that uh, was in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 of the King James Bible. And it said, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born, period. Gotta have some belief in Jesus in there to be born of God. And prove that you know God. And every one that loveth him, that beget, uh, be, that begat loveth him, also that is begotten of him. So loveth him that begat loveth him, also that is begotten of him. And that was in the book of, uh, First uh, John chapter 5, verse 1 of the King James Bible, kind of where we're headed to. And uh, another verse of scripture that I found uh, kind of interesting was in, uh, in a different translation of the American Standard Version said this right here. And I normally don't you know, compare translations, but I thought this one was interesting. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, is begotten of God, and whosoever loveth him that begat, loveth him also that is begotten of him. So there's so much similarity there, you know, and I said, why didn't it just go with the King James Version? But it's not for me to say, you know, sometimes people just want to get their own version out there, and other lot times there's similarities, and other times you have some verses that are not there, that are not included, and some of the verses are exactly the same, and so I don't know, I don't know why people do that, but open the book of John, chapter 1, verse 13, King James Bible, and some of this may sound redundant, you know, uh, as we go through these verses, but to God be the glory. You know, if they're, as we go through the different precepts, some of them just link some of the verses we've already covered. Uh, for instance, over in the book of John, the first chapter, verse 13, King James probably says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so Jesus Christ, amen, being not born of man, amen, has the divine ability, okay, to renew us you know to to uh rebirth us you know he to him is the second birth we can't have a second birth which which we're talking about here a spiritual birth without the son of god who was conceived of the holy spirit this is why we have to believe that he's the son of god believing on him is saying i believe the father that he sent him okay to bring about that rebirth that through him we might be reconciled back to God. But see, Jesus was, a, that was a spiritual conception. And so that's why we have to believe on his name because he's spiritual and he's human. But when he came to this earth, he came as the Son of Man, but he was glorified as the Son of God. And if you remember what happened to reaffirm that was when John baptized him and the heavens opened and a dove like figure, the Holy Spirit descended on him, and Jesus was filled and laid. Filled with the Holy Ghost, approved of the Father, filled with the Holy Ghost, and led into the world. And after that, anything that happened after that, if we believed on it after He was glorified, then guess what? We were going to be born from above. Okay? Because that's where He came from to save man. And so that's what He's saying. You know, we're born. It's all about His birth, how He was conceived, and that never changed there's no human blood in him so when you're born of god you're born of, of, of the spiritual aspects of his blood no contamination and pure blood still today making an atonement for us and so it was by that blood that we we're born again Washed the way our sins made us whole again and so that's all spiritual even though it's natural my god and then um in the book of John, chapter 3, verse 3, the King James the Bible said, Jesus answered and said unto him, Barely, barely, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. Talking about being born from above now, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You can't really see God's way of doing things, you know, sending up his son into human flesh to die a death physically and to be rose again physically and to also take the blood that was, that was uncontaminated blood, no animal blood, no man's blood, but but. God's blood took it back with him to make an atonement for us. See, that's about as spiritual as you can get right there. And God knew this. He knew this. That's why He didn't allow him to, 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 to allow Joseph to be His father, because He knew that there would be His blood would be like no other blood. That blood was going to be the only blood that could redeem man, temple man. And God knew this when He sent Jesus. The way they let Joseph's blood be in Him, it was the blood of the Holy Ghost. And when that blood is applied to our lives, it cleanses us not only physically, but also cleanses us spiritually. You know, born from above. And it's still today, covering a multitude of faults. It's still today, you know, redeeming. That blood has redeeming power, you know, because it's about as spiritual as you can get. It's just like his love. All these are, are, you know, things of the spirit, you know, that we're talking about. And so he says, you know, you. Except the man be born again, born from a blood. Where that blood is at, still yet making atonement, still yet washing away sin, still yet covering us. He goes on to say in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter five, verse seventeen, King James Bible. A lot of this, are, like I said, may sound redundant, but it's you know it's just a lot of it just kind of links other aspects of that scripture together. You got the A precept, the B precept, the C precept, the D precept, and they're all kind of linked together. So it may sound like I'm repeating a lot of this, but I have to go by what the references are, and and some of this need to be reinforced that we get to get the picture here. Uh, but we love this scripture right here because this is where it all kind of begins right here. That that that's being born from above, and it says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now, this new creature, you're talking about both physically changed, but you're also talking about being spiritually changed that spiritual rebirth and that spiritual renewal. Because until we are saved, those old things keep us separated from God. So we can't walk in the spirit. We can't do anything in the spirit. So not only do he take away the physical things that have kept us separated, but he also renews us with the spiritual things so that now we can be connected to God and worship God in spirit and in truth, why, right? because God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we have to be born of the spirit. We have to be born from above. Don't have to go back into my mother's womb as Nicodemus thought and, you know, that that is born of flesh is flesh, but that that is born of spirit is also spirit. So you got one birth that's physical and then you got the other birth from above, which is spiritual. And we see it right there. Old things get passed away, but all things become new. And we're able to walk in the spirit as we like we never have before. We were just walking in the flesh. Doing good things sometimes, but still wasn't walking in the spirit. The Bible says, you know, that when we were born again, we walked not after the things of the flesh, but the things of the spirit. In the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 5 of the King James Bible, it goes on to say, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Our works—they're good, you know. But they, you know, works of righteousness—they're good, but don't save us. Like a lot of people think they do, they don't save us. You know, they do not save us. He says, "Not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us." Now we were talking about the things God going to use in this hour of darkness that we're going through right now as as, as humanity. One of them is going to be mercy and truth, righteousness and peace. But we're under the dispensation of grace, so these are the things that God is going to use right now to draw man to Him, back to Him again. And we see right here it was the same mercy He used back then to save us, save them. So it's going to be the same thing today. You know, you know, we talked about that the other day. Those four ended that things that God are going to use spiritual things to save people, to get people, to draw people closer. Mercy and truth every morning meet together. Part of that decision. That's why we deal with, with truth. You know, it's God, it's God's mercy that we are able to deal with the truth, but we didn't deserve it. You know, but we receive it. You know, and then righteousness and peace. These are these are fruit of the spirit, you know, that God is going to use. Why? Remember now, we're talking about spiritual birth. We're talking about reborn again of the spirit. So there has to be some mercy that's spiritual, truth that's spiritual, righteousness that's spiritual, peace that's spiritual. You know, and we heard about mercy. You know what I'm saying? And mercy, you, know, you, you know, we have to show mercy, you know, so that we can, God can deal with us in mercy. I think there's a scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter five, I want to say, maybe verse eight and nine. Talk about those who are merciful shall receive mercy. And he said, but it's not by them works of righteousness. Amen. But according to his mercy, he saved us that unmerited favor that we can't earn, but it was earned through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So the washing of regeneration, this is what the word does. We're being washed right now by the word. Um, yeah. So we're, we're being washed by the word right now. You know? And once we're washed by the word, in other words, the truth sets us free, right? Now the Holy Spirit can come in and renew us in the things of God. Mercy, you know, peace, rising joy, all those spiritual fruit can now spring forth. You know, and then uh, over in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 18, the King James Bible, it says, Of his own will beget thee us with the word of truth. There it is again now word of truth that we should be kind of first fruits of his creatures, people who deal in righteousness, peace, and joy, all the manifestations of the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. All those things should be obvious. They should be manifested in our lives. Amen. Because they come with the benefit for being born again of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Or I say of the things of God. Mm-hmm. Because there's good works after we saved. It was works of righteousness before we got saved. But when mercy and truth saved us, now we got work. We got good works. You know? Why? Because you think about why the Spirit, of Spirit is goodness. You no, know? so the work should be good, right? Yeah. Us is coming through the work of the Spirit, and so James, Jesus had brother. He he puts it like that. He says, "Of of his own will begat he us with the word of truth." Remember now, Jesus was the. He, Jesus said in the book of John chapter fourteen verse six, James Bible, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." So that's the one who begat us. Now I like that word begat. It mean that we were not necessarily uh, born physically through him, but we were reborn spiritually by him. And so, then James should know. I mean, that's his brother who who was against his brother was against him at one point, but once he saw how many people were being begat by him, he was made a believer. You know, you know. Sometimes seeing his believing. You know. And we witnessed some things and we you know I, I know when he spoke to me years ago, some folks had a problem with that when I told him I heard his voice. They were like, How you know that was him? I was, how you know that wasn't him. You gotta find out for yourself sometimes. Before you doubt that I heard it. But many people were converted because of that testimony. There were many who objected it, but it mattered to me. It happens other people believe it or not and some of you probably have some similar experience but over in the book of first peter chapter one verse three of the king dan bible now listen at peter's take here peter said "Blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ which according to his abundant mercy now dan talked about truth now here peter talking about mercy has to hit his word again begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So you see truth working on one end to save us. Then we see grace on the other end to save us. So they do work together. The Bible says that great that that they come together every day. Mercy and truth meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. That Mm -hmm. means they're in agreement. it's like, they're locked in there's a covenant. They, 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 you can't separate them. Got one, you get the other one, you get the other one, the other one's on the way, you know, cause they work together. They have a partnership. They have a covenant relationship to work on our behalf and so be again, unto a lively hope, uh, because we know that's God's thoughts toward us to give us a hope in a future. You know, that, that's part of the benefit right there, trusting him and believing on him. And he goes on to say in First Peter chapter 1, verse 23, just a few verses down in King James Bible, Peter says this, being born again, listen to this now, not of corruptible seed, which we clarified earlier, but of incorruptible. See, there was no human blood in Jesus, our Savior. Not none at all, even when he was the son of man. He was begotten of the father, the only begotten of the father. So that many would be begotten after that being spiritually born because not naturally, but spiritually born. Mm. If he had not have been the first fruit, there would have been no fruit after that. There would have been no more born born again. It would have ended. It would have started right there and it ended right there. That'd have been the first fruit and the last fruit. But because of what Peter is saying right here, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So that word is the truth. It makes the truth known to us. We're set free by it when we hear it, if we would believe it and receive it. It makes us free. That's what he said, right? If the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Now remember, Jesus is the, living, is the living word. The incarnated word made flesh, dwelling among us, full of what? Grace and truth. He came and dwelt among these people for the grace and truth. They didn't recognize him then. Some folks struggle today to recognize him. It, isn't that a symptom that was back then of, of people? It's the same thing today. That's why everybody don't just up to get saved. They live in that world where they say, hey, look, I see it, I believe it. And that wipes out faith so they ain't pleasing God. So it might be a little longer wait for them to get saved you got to come to him and believe that he is who he is. He's telling us who he is. All these scriptures are written for our learning that we might what? Be born of God if we choose because we know God. That's what the first book of John chapter 4 verse 7 says. We're proving that we are what? Born of God and that we know God. It's the same for everybody. We're not exempt. They're not exempt. Nobody's exempt. This is a universal God. We have we have no no rights on it. Other than nobody else. It's just that we accepted it as a right that we have through Jesus Christ. Others have not. And we're praying and hoping they will. especially all my family members. And I know a lot of y'all feel the same way. So let's go a little further here. Uh, hear what Peter's got to say. Let's go back now a few chapters back from where we started in the book of 1 John, uh, chapter 2. Uh, what verse is that? Verse 29 in the King James Bible. Now, listen carefully. It says, if ye know that he is righteous, I'm talking about Jesus. Ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Mm. Food of the Spirit. Remember now, this is a this is a spiritual walk. We're walking after the things of the Spirit. Righteousness. Remember, righteousness and peace meet together. They kiss each other every morning. So, if we're walking in righteousness, then we're walking in the same favor of God that Jesus walked. That proves now that we're born of God. That proves now that we know God, and so peace is somewhere there. Of righteousness and peace kiss each other. So if I'm walking in the righteousness, of God, guess what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna discover some peace because they kiss each other. You know, they're walking walking together. So peace is somewhere there when I when I when I'm walking in righteousness. And and listen to this. The Bible says in the book of uh, in the book of uh, Romans chapter 14 verses, uh, I think it's verses 16, 17, 18. It said that the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. Talking about material things, things that perish, things that are temporary. But the kingdom of God is in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And then you know how spiritual it is. That's the kingdom of God. In other words, that's God's way of doing things in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And it says, if we do that, if we aim and strive to do those things, what things, Pastor? Please, God, in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, then we are accepted of God and approved of men. If people could just gravitate to that right there and not so much to the things that he before mentioned about, you know, meat and drink, some folks' world, that's their whole world, how much material stuff they can accumulate, you know, all the nice delicate foods they can eat and all that stuff, man. And, you know, just I mean, that's that's people's focus. You know, that's why some of them are so big right now, man, they can't carry all that way. Just we call it gluttony, trip call it gluttony. But so they're not they're not aiming to please God in righteousness peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. About stuffing themselves with stuff and whatever and buying, you know, just going crazy. And that's how they see God. They don't go on to aim and strive to please him and write in peace and joy and the Holy Ghost, which is the same for everybody. We're not exempt. We have no right to boast about it. we're doing it, they're not, but we just, we just make a point so you can see the distinction and the comparison. The scripture does that for us. We're just saying what the scripture says. You know, and he goes on to say here, man, you know, uh in first John, that was chapter two, verse twenty nine, we just went over. Let's go look at first John chapter three verse nine uh the King James Bible. Some of this is territory we've already covered. It says, Whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin. Big thing, isn't it? for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. Because he is born of God. So if I'm born of God, then guess what? A seed of righteousness has been embedded in me through the Holy Ghost. That seed is still in me now. But also the ability to go out here and continue to sin is too. It's just I have to make a choice. Paul said, you know, the things that I know I ought to do, I don't do. Paul knew that struggle. He was familiar with that struggle. You got to be familiar with your struggle. Or see, our struggle is the same as everybody else's struggle. The difference is we're born again and they are not. Even though the penalty is the same now. Because the wages, sin, and death against the God eternal life. So, Pastor, Pastor, what option do I have? I repent. Because he said, I'm faithful and just to forgive those who sin against me. You know, if you just repent, he'll cleanse you of all unrighteousness. That sin of unrighteousness. Get back in right standing, reconcile back to him, and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness. I, I can give you sins and I'll cleanse you. That's not a license now to go out here, man, and just, okay, I'm saved. I'm just going to ask God to forgive me, you know. Well, ask him to help you not do it again. I pray that he helped me not do a lot of things again. That's the right we yeah. have. I didn't I didn't when I look back in inventory, didn't like it then, shouldn't like it now, won't like it tomorrow. it's like going back and putting your hand to the plow, remember? Make him unfit for the kingdom of God. And I don't want to be unfit for the kingdom of God. I'm thinking about it, I don't think anybody on here the read And so that was part C of, of of the first book of uh John chapter four, verse seven. We've gone through uh, A B precepts, A, B, C, and D. And now, well, we're getting ready to get into D. And D talks about the conversion itself. We dealt with regeneration. Now we want to talk about conversion. All this is part of, you know, proving that we're born of God and that we know God. That's in essence what it is, you know. And so let's see what conversion, conversion has to do with a transformation, you know. And so there's a lot, that human beings have gone a lot of transformation that human beings have gone through from the very beginning all the way up to current day. If you really think about it, there's been some serious transformation. Okay, the world has changed. People in the world have changed. The whole ecosystem have changed. Governmental systems have changed. Cultures have changed. You know the way we do business have changed. You know Crystal just got on a flight a minute ago. That wasn't always the mode of transportation. Two hours, you'd be home. So the the land, the landscape, the ecosystem, the governmental system, the humanity on the earth, everything you can think of that that we use today in life has gone through a transformation. Even the body of Christ, when you think about 4,400 different denominations, the approach to the gospel, y'all, has gone through a transformation. The approach... The Christ that the gospel is supposed to teach us about has gone through a transformation. Okay? But the one I want to focus on is this conversion that we're going through. And some of us may think we already fully converted. I beg to differ because I'm a work in progress. God is still working on me. Now, I can't speak for you. Maybe you think you done arrived and we're that's a dangerous piece of territory to be living on, residing on, the things that you've already arrived. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still being molded and shaped in the name of Christ. And he's going to continue, we say in the book of Philippians, chapter 1, verse 6, all of the time of King James Bible, he who has begun, he didn't say he had finished it, begun a good work in us, will continue to perform it until the day of his return. I'm okay with that. I like being a work that God works on. maturity not perfection but maturity that's the body that awaits me when i step out of this body i'll have uh incorruptible body i'll take off this mortality and put on immortality that that awaits us that's what we're working for this is the way we're going to see him and so let's just look at this conversion this transformation thing here and in the book of mark chapter 5 uh verse 15 the King James bible it says and they came to jesus And see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Because, see, this thing had not been transformed yet by the renewing of his mind. It knew Jesus. They didn't know it, but Jesus did. And so transformation is getting ready to hit this situation. This this person is getting ready to be transformed by the renewing of his mind because Jesus is getting ready to take him to another level, separating him from whatever was, was, was had and possessed. Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you and welcome. Welcome to Creating a Prayer Culture for God, Prayer Line Live Christian Podcast. We would like to send a special thank you to Anchor Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Castbox, Stitcher, Podbean, Audible, Player.fm Podcast, YouTube and Google Podcast. These are platforms in which you can join in and listen. To the message as it goes forth. We just want to thank God for allowing us to be able to share his good news. Uh, so please join us. And now let us get back to the message. God bless. Jesus getting ready to tell it where to go. One thing for was for sure, after coming in contact with Dita, it could no longer possess this person. I'm I'm i arming somebody right now, man, with some stuff that if you deal with people, don't look at the person, but look at the spirit that's got the person bound. And the Bible says that signs and wonders can follow you in his name, you can cast that demon out. And so many times we identify the demon and that's all we do is say it's a demon or whatever, evil spirit. And that's all we do. We don't exercise no power, no authority. To get rid of it. Tell the leave people get away from people. A lot of times, people mistake me when I'm when I'm dealing with them, and they think I'm talking to them, but I'm really talking after the spirit that's that, that's influencing them. It may sound like I'm talking to you, or a person, but I'm really going after the spirit. And sometimes, if I can remember, I'll tell you it's the spirit that I want. Not you, brothers, not you, sisters. It's that spirit right now that's lying through you. It's that spirit that's deceiving you. And this is the same thing. See, we have the Holy Ghost, which is a transforming power. We can cast things out, y'all. We can bind up things, y'all. We can we can release things, people from things. We can't save nobody. But we can go after them spirits because why? We're not fighting and rapping against flesh and blood. There's powers of darkness out there. There's rulers that be out there. You know, there's things out there in the spirit realm that we stay with supposed to discern and identify. But how does transformation come out of that when identified? Mm-hmm. That's the key right there. We have the power to tread upon servants for all the power works of the enemy. We have the power to cast out evil spirits. We have power to lay hands on the sick and they recover. very seldom do a lot of times we exercise these things because we're so busy looking at that person. I mean, I'll say I'm Just It's just an act of of my human nature. That's that's my human spirit. That's why I say I'm a work in progress. I haven't yet reached that level of discernment where I pick up on everything. Sometimes it's an afterthought. Man, that sounds like a spirit right there. 20 miles down the road from when I had that experience. Just food for thought. And they came to Jesus. I like that. And see him that was possessed with the devil. They came to Jesus and see him. Why Jesus was already there working, transforming that person. Jesus wasn't afraid. Jesus knew what to do. How to handle that situation. He was not bringing no fear. Disciples were the ones who had a hard time believing and was afraid. Seeing him that was possessed with a devil, they ain't know what to do. And he had legions sitting in clothes and in his right mind for a minute, and they were afraid. They were afraid. See, uh, uh, an evil spirit sometimes can put on a front. They know how to role play. They know the game. They can smell your weakness. They can smell your fear. And sometimes they'd be so cool and calm and then they'd snap so, you know, we have to be able to discern those things between what's right and what's wrong. You know, not be afraid. You can't discern nothing in fear. But you just have to know going in, I might encounter this. There might this might be a this might be a reality in a minute. And that's why he said we try what? We try the spirit with the spirit. Every spirit, don't just don't just because they say they got a title on, they wearing a cloak and all that. You try the spirit with the spirit. We went over, that was a teaching, previous teaching we had. It's so all coming together now, you know, when you think about it. Right, let's go a little further, and we're going to bring this in in a minute. It's over in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 9, the King James Bible, just a few chapters down. It says, Now, when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had what, cast seven devils. But now here's, here is here here is the after okay effect. She's now being transformed. She's now being renewed while the demons are gone. The devils are gone. They're cast out. So now transformation is taking place. You know, she 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 she's now able to see Jesus for who he is, risen. Yeah. As long as the demons that they were blind. A lot of people are blind in spirits and men because they're possessed the with stuff that won't allow them to see anything in the spirit that's good. You know, and so we have to get rid of some stuff, Amen. in order to see, as we can see right here, you know, she, he appeared to, her. she can see him now. She can understand him now. She can receive him now, but them devils that have her blinded is gone. You know, she's being converted and transformed into a new person. Now she's having a personal encounter with Jesus. Now that's showing up some transformation there. Let's go one more sh- scripture here. In the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 35, King James Bible, says, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus, they want to go witness this transformation, and found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, put clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Why? See, they weren't used to seeing this man this way. They didn't understand the conversion and transformation of this demon-possessed person. But he had had a, a, a contact with Jesus. They had dialogue, they had conversation. He opened up the door and let Jesus come in, invite them in, and they had, and look at what happened. Mind renewed, closed, ain't acting like he possessed. And what are they afraid of? Some people are afraid of transformation. They don't want nothing to change. They want to do traditional church like they do it. They want to do all the things they used to do it. They want somebody to come in, make the hills just make them feel good. They don't want to change nothing. They don't want no conversion. They don't want no transformation. They like the way things are. And if you come in there, man, saying, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. They're going to give you a, about a year. You're going to be out of there. They hire fire preachers, right? And some of these sex, man, like, you know, they don't care if you ain't telling them what they want you to tell them. They don't want to hear nothing about y'all got to change this. We got to get the Bible. We got that. The Bible said it got to be Bible. said They don't want to hear that. They want to do what they've always done. Yeah. One hear them about no conversion or transformation, but the Bible said the word of God. It transforms the mind. And so we're going to end right there. That's uh, in the book of Luke, chapter 8, verse 35 of the King James Bible. We'll pick this up on Thursday morning. So we're going to end right there. Father, we thank you. We praise you this morning, Lord God, for your word. We thank you that even now we're being transformed. Even now we're being fully converted by the word of God. Our minds are being renewed. We're seeing things in the word. We're discovering things, God, that we didn't always discover before. But your word has allowed us to be able this morning to see some things clearly because it has come and shed light on things that are contained in the scripture that are going to be beneficial and helpful to us because we're still trying to prove that we're born of God and that we know God and father as you taught your disciples who were afraid god who didn't understand god what you were doing casting out demons and freeing people lord god as you went about doing your work god because you wanted them to be converted you wanted them to see the power of that conversion you wanted them to be transformed so you demonstrated lord through the power of god by casting those devils Seven devils out of madam, out of Mary and sin, casting those legions out of the out of the young man. Clothe him and let him sit at your feet, and you began to minister to him and care for him and love him. And God, they were afraid, and we know that there are many, many today. When you say something about a demon or a devil, they're afraid right away. The very thought of it. But Father, if we have been transformed, we've been converted, we've been renewed. You say you give us the power as believers to lay hands on the sick and they recover, to cast out evil, God, demons, and spirits, oh God. And if we drink any deadly poisonous thing, well, you said it will not harm us. And you also said we shall speak with new tongue, meaning the tongue of the learned. Not a bunch of gibberish, but the tongue of the learned. We have learned some things, God. We have learned that we have power given to us, the bind on earth and the release on earth. We have learned, God, that we have power to tread upon serpents and over all the power other works of the enemy. We have learned that you did not give us the spirit of fear, but you gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And so Father, we thank and we praise you right now for transformation. We thank you for regeneration. We thank you for renewing us in the things of God. We thank you for it now. And we're praying that through this teaching today, others will be converted and transformed, especially those occupy leadership in your church. We thank you for it now. We give you all the glory and the honor. This way, God, we prove that we're born of God and that we know you. We do what the scripture tells us we're able to do. was in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. All right, then we're going to go.